Go inside yourself for a moment and imagine the intensity of labor and childbirth. Imagine you're about to embark on an exercise of physical will, that in the near future, you will encounter a massive hurdle, one that must be confronted to get to the other side. Now imagine that you are approaching this challenge without family and without loved ones. Instead, you'll have a guard standing watch, possibly with shackles around your ankles, wrists, your arms restrained, enveloped in each contraction without the ability to move. Now, compound all of this with the anxiety of not knowing if you'll get to keep your child. The first 24 hours may be all the time you have to hold it. For a majority of women who find themselves giving birth while serving their sentence in a correctional facility in the United States, this experience has traditionally been their fate. And it is this tradition of laboring in isolation that the Birth Attendance Prison Doula Project is working to change by bringing their doula services inside the Washington Correctional Center for Women. What exactly are the services of a doula, you may be asking? The role of a doula is to advocate for a woman during labor and birth or answer any questions that she might have about her pregnancy and her labor, and a doula also provides postpartum care. That was the voice of Hughie, program coordinator with the Birth Attendance Prison Doula Project. Though the word doula is Greek in origin, the concept is multicultural, present wherever there are women and mothers supporting each other through pregnancy, labor, and birth. And in the case of doulas who bring their services to incarcerated women, Hukey says their presence fills a crucial gap. Working with incarcerated women, it's a little different in that, generally speaking, prisoners aren't provided with a lot of information. And so we bring in pregnancy books, we bring in postpartum books, child development books, and then we also provide a space for women to look to the wisdom that's already there in the prison, because there's a lot of women that come to our support groups who have children, have had multiple children, and so they can answer a lot of those questions for each other. Really a big part of it, too, is just to provide a space to witness women in their experience of being incarcerated and being pregnant. According to the Women's Prison Association, the large majority of women in U.S. prisons and jails are first-time offenders, serving time for non-violent offenses. Property and drug-related arrests make up two-thirds of incarcerated females. These women are often survivors of physical and sexual abuse. Compound that with a lack of mental health care, the war on drugs, and mandatory minimum sentences, and you begin to humanize those women living behind bars. As a society, we forget about people who are incarcerated. We don't want to think about them, or we put these labels on them as criminals. Really, they're just, they're just women. And beyond the debate over whether detention is the best way to handle those crimes, it still remains that in order to have the healthiest outcome, an expecting woman requires certain fundamental things. According to the Young Mothers United Incarcerated Young Mothers Bill of Rights, proper prenatal care, medical examinations, and screenings are amongst them. Underlying all these things is information. And that's the core of what doulas provide. Genesis had her baby at the Washington Center for Women. The first time I went to doulas, it was because it was a labor class, and I didn't know nothing about labor. I never had a kid before, nothing. You're more scared and nervous about going into labor than you are about being here. Concerns about labor and delivery can be especially complicated, according to Marin, a direct service doula with the collective. When you're pregnant, you need your community and you need people around you who 
you feel safe with and you need great medical care. You need to be able to decide what kind of doctor or midwife or care provider you want there with you. And you need to be able to decide if there's someone who's specifically you don't want to be around you while you're giving birth or you don't want them to be around you while you're having medical screenings. And you pretty much don't get any of that when you're incarcerated. Since 2002, when the program was established, over 100 women in Washington state have been able to avoid being in labor by themselves. Again, here's Huki. During her labor, typically we're the only one that's with her except for the medical staff that's coming in and out. And then there's an officer that now sits outside the door. Before we started doing this work, it would be an officer inside the room with a curtain pulled, and that was usually it. Occasionally, a woman gets a special visitor approved, so she might have her mother with her. Maybe a sister might be with her. She may have her partner with her. I think I've been to one birth where a woman had her partner with her. And also, the officer has to call that special visitor to let them know that the woman is in labor, and sometimes that doesn't happen either. To attest to one such misfortune, we go again to Genesis. It was not easy. I had approval for my parents to come, but then they lost the paperwork, so I had to do it by myself. It was hard. I was handcuffed to a bed until I was in delivery because of my custody level. Simon Conrad, the longest-standing doula with the organization, says that isolation can have some serious consequences for the mother. When any person, whether they're incarcerated or not, is in labor and they don't have an advocate there for them, things can very quickly change. When you have a doctor telling you that, you know, you have to have an epidural or you have to have a cesarean, you know, not progressing quickly enough, people get nervous. You know, it's a doctor. You've kind of always been told that if a doctor's telling you something, that's what needs to happen. So we find that when people don't have an advocate sometimes, they're more prone to get off the path that they wanted for their birth experience. In addition to supporting these women through pregnancy, labor, and delivery, the birth attendants facilitate reproductive health classes and support groups. One major focus is postpartum depression, which is even more common amongst incarcerated women since they usually have their babies taken away soon after birth. Teresa Correll had her baby at the Washington Center for Women. I mean, the whole time I was pregnant here, I was scared because I was hoping that I got to keep my baby with me. I mean, that was just the whole time I was pregnant. I was like, I was trying to keep him inside me. Pretty much had to leave him home, leave him at the hospital and come here. And that just, I never thought I'd have to do that. It's been really hard. It's what it's been. It's really been hard. I never thought I'd have a baby and then not be home with it. You know, I'm scared. I'm not bonding with them. Or I feel like a yo-yo half of the time. I don't know. They pretty much tell me I can't be a mother. I mean, my baby's going to be a year and a half old when I get home. It's bad to say, but it doesn't even feel like it's, I have a new baby. I mean, it just doesn't because he got taken it from me. Teresa's baby went to one of her relatives who Child Protective Services deemed fit to raise the child. But in the event that there is no next of kin, doula Simon Conrad says a mother can lose the rights to her baby forever. If there isn't family that can take the baby, the child goes into foster care. Now, one of the things that can happen with that 
is that if you don't see your child for 15 months or more, technically that child can become ward of the state. And that means the parent will never be the legal guardian of that child again. You know, if the child is being fostered six hours away and the family can't afford to bring the baby to the prison for visitation, the parent can technically lose guardianship of that child for no fault of their own. There are a few prisons in the U.S. with alternative nurseries where mothers get to spend the first bonding years with their babies. At the Washington State Prison where the birth attendants operate, for example, there is a residential parenting program. But despite its proven positive influence on recidivism rates, the program can only accommodate 20 mothers at once. Simon says the lack of public support for incarcerated mothers stems from an oversimplification of who those women are. People always want to know what happens to the baby. And I would say, well, it's A, B, or C. And then I say, but, you know, there's the woman, and she's having her experience. And children are very important, of course, but these women are important, too, and and their experience is valid and needs to be witnessed and should be supported. It's a beautiful thing. There are a sprinkling of other facilities around the country with similar birth attendant programs, but they are few and far between. So for now, the mothers gather, share their experiences with each other, and try to get through their time. For Making Contact, I'm Shauna Ray.